Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. Yo, yo. Chalant Strip Chip. I just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastard. Where you been? Been looking for your love. I can't find no one. Alright, so we got Land Trip Chip jumping off the porch with us today. Yeah, about time, man. <laughs> Long yeah. overdue, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they don't even know the history between DHB and Chip, man. Nah. We talk regular Chip, fly-ass Chip. Yeah. And now Land Strip Chip, too, man. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So, yeah, man. Let's take it back, though, man. Let's take it back to Flat Shoals. Flat Shoals. Yes, sir. So what was it like growing up over there, man? I think most people are familiar with it through the music, but what was it right. really like there? Um, I mean, like my neighborhood, like, so I'm on the Moreland Avenue exit. You know, Flat Shoals is a street in East Atlanta that runs, turns into Boulder Crest. So most people probably know Boulder Crest, but I'm from Flat Shoals. Um, shit, it's a really same old shit, really growing up. Uh, I had my little crew outside, you know, a couple of my homies. One never really getting in too much, too much trouble. You know what yeah. I mean? Just hanging with the kids in the neighborhood. But my my parents been living on that street for thirty years. Oh wow! So it's like a lot of a lot of my homeboys ended up leaving the neighborhood and like probably like eleven. I stopped coming outside because <laughs> like I ain't really had no friends in the neighborhood no more. Oh, so shit. I just I just stayed in the house. Yeah. You feel me? I got you. So at what age would you say you did jump off the porch there? Um, I started really taking the music series like 16. Um, I was I was talking the other day to somebody. I was telling like I used to I had a cubby hole in my mama crib. I used to rap on a, on like a a little regular microphone, and I had a I had a piece of wire and I made it a pot filter and I put a, a stocking cap over it, and um. That was like my first studio in my mama house. Okay. It didn't really sound like nothing, but you know, that's where I got my start from. And then like really start jumping in real studios like, like 17. Okay. Yeah. So what had motivated you back then to start out of it? Uh, I wasn't really good at nothing else. <laughs> like I tried football in ninth grade. Um, I played JV, I got moved to varsity, but I ended up getting kicked out of school oh, in the ninth grade. So I couldn't play 10th grade. So I kind of just really quit sports after that, and I was like, you know, music was really my only thing that I felt like I was good at. Yeah. Yeah. Who'd you grow up listening to? Who were you listening to back then? Um, so like when I first started even like remembering music, like my mom used to play Sade and um, George Parliament. I remember she used to have all the CDs and she used to play them when she cleaned the crib. But she used to clean the crib like every other day. Like she was a neat freak. So like I got I I got into the R and B from my mama. 
And then my daddy used to listen to Snoop and Big and Pop. So like I got the rap side from my daddy when I used to ride with my dad in the car. But anytime I was in the house, she didn't want me listening to that. So she was playing the R&B music. So it's kind of how I got the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah. I got you. So how did Rebel Gang come about, man? Ah, uh, Rebel Gang. That's a nice movement going, man. Man, Rebel Gang. Uh, shout out to them boys. Really, um, from high school, really me and uh, me and Rico, like we knew each other from me, Rico and Yak. We knew each other from middle school, and then um, I was in another group in like tenth grade, and I always, we went we was going to the studio almost all the time, and I forget how the conversation started. Because before it was Rebel Gang, we was calling ourselves New Money. Okay. But at the time, I forgot who it was. Somebody else was calling themselves New Money, and we was like, we can't call ourselves that. So the Rebel Gang thing came about really from me and Rico uh, doing a, a mixtape called No Feelings. I remember that, yeah. We were just taking everybody's beats and rapping on them. And then uh, just all our mutual friends really just became a group. And then um, one of our buddies, Pops, was into music. And... Um, introduced us to him and that's really how we got our first little little deal situation yeah that was through block right block ENT mm -hmm. so what was that like because you guys were still in high school when you were signed right yeah I signed my we signed our first record deal like 12th grade that's really like 11th grade um a couple of our buddies was in 12th grade but um cool you know what I mean I ain't I ain't uh I don't regret the situation I learned a lot from it. I always tell people I, I kept a lot of relationships. Um, people that I met, I kept my face card good with people that I met way back then that I'm still cool with to this day. Yeah. So, um, and then you know I had fell out with a couple of my couple of couple of the dudes and stuff, but we, everything come full circle in life. You know I'm saying we've been back making music recently. Okay. And um, you know, that's how it go. Yeah. Everything come full circle. For sure. So how'd you link in with Sonny? Sunny Digital. So me and Sunny went to me and Sunny went to high school together. Okay. And uh Sonny was a couple years older than me, but Sonny was the quiet kid like when he got to high school. But everybody knew he was fine with the music. So um I forget how me and Sonny Sonny had a studio at his mama house down the street from the school. And I remember uh, somebody was telling us about it and we ended up going to Sonny's house and recording. Sonny used to charge us twenty dollars per song. Like he'll record, a, he'll record a whole song for us for twenty dollars. And um, but everybody used to be at Sunny House. I remember one time, like this was back like them savages days, like rich kids days. I remember mm -hmm. like all of them savages, my whole crew, school, like everybody was over there one time, and we was making some music, and something happened outside, and I think we never got to finish the song. And I just remember Sonny Mama used to be yelling at him like, hey, turn the music down, turn it, y'all too loud, turn the music down. But me and Sonny stayed cool. And um, shit, that's been my dog, 10 plus years now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what was that experience like going over to this house with so many up and coming artists, man? I'm sure you guys kind of noticed the potential that was there though. Yeah, so like, when me and Sonny first started back hanging out, is when him and Q was Okay. Working on their project, and they wasn't living in the crib, like the crib everybody knew about. They was in another neighborhood. And I remember one time Sonny called me, he was like, I'm doing this project, but I want you to kind of help me out with it, because he know my ear was a little different at the time. And then when I was coming around, I was the only one with a with a record deal. 
So I feel like certain people kind of look to me for music advice and stuff like that. So um, him and Q was working on his Forbes Atlanta project. And this was around the time when I was coming out of my situation. And um, I didn't know what I was doing with music. I didn't know where I was taking my, my life and my career. And I kind of just, I stuck with Sonny because that was like my boy. And um, I just helped him out, whatever he needed. Like they whole project, I feel like I might've recorded and mixed they whole project. Oh, that was back when like young nigga and yeah. all that. So like seeing everybody come through the crib was just, it was at a point in time where I was kind of falling out of love with music, but I catch myself over there recording and people would be like, bro, this shit hard. Like what you doing? And I'd be like, man, I don't know. I ain't, cause, cause of my situation, I was kind of discouraged from doing music. And it was just like, I feel like I was stuck and I feel like it wasn't ever gonna go nowhere. So I finally got out of my situation. And then uh, I just started back doing music. But at that time, the sound of Atlanta was changing. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to find my way in the wave of the change and just seeing everybody from, from Fresh to Tracy and Migos and Nebu and Key, 2-9, like everybody coming to the crib just hearing what they was doing because I was recording them. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm hearing it over and over and over. And I'm like, okay, this what, this what everybody liking. This is where music finna go. So I'm just you know, taking my little bits and pieces and seeing what was next. And um, I think from that, I put out this song called I Hop. Oh yeah, that's the one Sonny at DM does to us. Yeah, that so like that, was like the, that was like my first song outside of my situation with dude and um, that was, that's kind of where I got introduced to y'all, I think. Yeah, like I said, Sonny had DM'd us that yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, that, like, that was like 2013. That, was, yeah. that might have been 2012, 2013. And I shot the video, shot a little video, put it out. And everybody, that's when I was still rapping. This was before Melodic Chip. Yeah. So like, <laughs> anybody who know me from back then know like me and Rico. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. I was rapping circles around niggas. So, like, um, music was changing, and I was just trying to find my sound and get in tune with the, with the new wave. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you dropped them two mixtapes, man. Um, the one-on-one yeah. one and uh -huh. um, my bad. Cruise Control. Yeah, Cruise Control, man. Mm -hmm. That shit was... That's classic, man. But it was so crazy because it was like I was I was tricking myself to feel like a major artist right then. Like I'm getting these beats. You had everyone on there, man. You feel me? Like so, I'm getting beats and I'm. Getting With every monthly bill, like rent and car payments, you know exactly what you're getting when you pay for it. But health insurance plans feel like the total opposite. They're confusing and expensive. Then when you actually have to use your benefits, there are deductibles, claims, processes, and other red tape to deal with. But CrowdHealth puts you back in control of your health care. CrowdHealth is simple, transparent, and affordable. As a member, you'll get a personal care advocate who is with you every step of the way to help navigate the complexities of health events. They'll even negotiate bills on your behalf and could save you thousands of dollars in the process. Plus, you'll get access to thousands of other members who are ready to help pay for large health expenses. Experience healthcare freedom with CrowdHealth. Visit joincrowdhealth.com and use code HEALTH to get your first three months for just $99 per month. 
That's joincrowdhealth.com code health. Crowd Health is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for health care. Terms and conditions may apply. And features, and I'm just like, I'm trying to plant my, my feet and let people know like I'm back doing the music. I'm back all the way 100 full time with the music. Mm-hmm. So I did that and then, um, yeah, cruise control, one-on-one and then cruise control. And then um, I was working on a project called, what was the name of the project I was working on? That, what was the name of the project, Paul? The one that we didn't do. Um, no, thank you. Okay, I was working. Yeah, yeah. I was. I was working. I, I had a whole. I was campaign. waiting on that shit. I had a whole campaign for 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 this no thank you thing, yep. and I was like, um, cause it had like a whole theme to it, and it was basically like, thank you, but no thank you to the people who, who was still checking for me. Thank you to them people, but to the people who was like, trying to dick ride, like I'm cool on it. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So I was working on that. I never put that out, and then. Um, that's really that was like 2016. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get it into writing for other artists? Um, I feel like the writing shit came. It really feel like the sky. I ain't gonna lie. <clears throat> I got a buddy named Keith. He uh he a and R manager. He in the music business. He real cool with a lot of artists. And he was working with an artist at the time, and he uh asked me to write for him. And it was kind of. It was kind of scary to me because it was like, I don't know how to deal with people in that space because I'm so used to doing stuff for me. Mm-hmm. And he was like, nah, just do what you do. And um, that turned into me working with another artist named B. Smith. And then I remember Usher came to the studio one day and um, Keith was playing them some songs. And Usher was like, yo, who, like, who writing these songs? And he, I was sitting at the end of the couch on my phone, like really not even paying attention. And Keith was like, that's Chip. And he was like, nah, we gotta, we gotta lock in. So then, man, Keith started working real close and then I did a session with Usher. And I just remember like how accepting he was of my input. Cause I'm thinking like, like artists this big, you talking about diamond selling oh, yeah. multiple platinums of albums, millions on millions of string, uh, sales, like real sales, not like this before streams. So I'm like, it's like a, generational artist and he accepted my input so i was like damn i might be on to something <laughs> and from there it just it grew into something that i ain't really expected to grow into as far as the rain side yeah yeah uh what was the song that you wrote for usher it never came out oh it never came out okay mm-hmm. it ain't never come out yeah but um yeah that's how the writing stuff started so do you normally write with the artist in mind or you just write and then kind of shop it around at this point? I, I always tell people like, I'm not real big on, I'm not gonna go in the studio by myself and do something for somebody. Like I gotta be with them cause I gotta pick your brain. Like I wanna, I wanna know how your day going. I gotta know what, what's going on in your life to transfer it to the music. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Were you ever concerned that, that it would slow down your own music career or were you just like, man, as long as I'm getting paid. The I, writing stuff? Yeah. Uh, concerned? No. Well, yeah, it, it be, t- yeah, I was. Cause it, it be times like my team would tell me like, you gotta understand sometimes that one thing will open the door faster than something else will open the door. 
and I and I kind of noticed that me writing for people was getting me in rooms that I had never been in, and um, I feel like that was the goal, like to just get in front of people, and if they heard my music, whether it was something I did for them or something that was mine, and they liked it, I feel like that was good, cause now they going to tell people like, oh that nigga Chip, like he got he hard, like he he know how to write the pen crazy, but excuse me, his shit hard too. So like I feel like I was definitely getting in rooms with people that I would have never thought I could get in rooms with. So, but it, it definitely be times where I would feel like people try to box me in. Yeah. You feel me? Like, yeah, for so, sure. So how do you find that balance to you know continue on making music for yourself and still writing for others? Uh, I think just trying to be great for real, like, because we always talk about how it's not really that many artists who were ever at the top of both worlds like it's very few who pen is immaculate and they pinning hits mm -hmm. and they music is amazing and hits in his own world so i feel like just striving to be one of them few you feel me so just trying to master both yeah yeah i got you what were those dreamville sessions like man dreamville sessions <laughs> It seemed like they had so many people yeah. in there, man. I ain't gonna lie, like, side to Barry, side to Ibrahim. Um, them sessions was really wild. <laughs> like, the amount of people that's flowing from studio to studio mm -hmm. and his music still being made. And it's like, you know, doing camps and stuff, like, sometimes you'll do 30 songs and nothing to get used, like, for the project and to see how much stuff got used from them sessions was like, okay. The, um, I remember, I was, it's, it's one story I always tell people. It was one song I remember Cole came in the room and he was just like, he came in the room, they played it, he nodded his head, and he was like, yeah, this hard, save me a verse. And I remember he walked out and everybody started looking at each other and they just formed a line <laughs> in front of the microphone. Like it was a, like say the camera or mic and it's a chair. Yeah. It was a chair for you to record your verse, and it was somebody, it was like 15 people lined up after the chair, so one person would do their verse. And I just remember I was in the corner recording this on my phone, like, bro, I've never seen nothing like this. It's crazy, blowing my mind. But other than that, the sessions was amazing, like, um, just linking with, with people who love doing music, mm -hmm. you feel me? Like, me and, me and Omen and Boz, and like the whole Dreamville camp, like, we still, speak and do music outside of that. So it was really just like a melting pot for people who was great at what they do. Yeah. Was it very competitive since so many people were in that room? Like, man, I know um, I gotta yeah, bring it. Yeah, it was. And that's why when I came in, I tried to bring something different. Like, I noticed everybody in there was trying to do verses. So I said, I'm gonna give them a hook. Like, go. I'm not even gonna try to compete <laughs> with them on no verses because they all like rapping, rapping their ass off. And this is like, it's 2019 where my sound done changed. And I could still wrap circles around them, whoever I feel like, but I was like, I'm, I'm, how I'm gonna get in, I'm gonna give them a hook and I'm gonna get out the way. Yeah. And, you know, two years later, platinum album. Absolutely. You feel me? Yeah. Grammy nominated album, that was lit. Yeah. You feel me? I happened to be on the, um, the re-release. I wish I would've got on the original, mm -hmm. but you know, it's still lit. Yeah, as long as they use it. <laughs> it's still lit. Yeah. Um, who are some artists that you would say you kind of have like the best chemistry with? Uh, 
when you guys are creating? Uh, best chemistry. Ty. Okay. Ty Dollar Sign, definitely. Uh, Vori. It's my brother. Um, Ty Vori. Really, I feel like everybody I work with, Jazzy. I try to keep good chemistry with, with everybody I work with because you never know what comes after that. Like mm -hmm. people, it, it's been people I don't work with and they've transcended to the highest and they still be like, I want to work with you. Because if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. Because I kept that good relationship with them. So like definitely like tie me and tie work like so fast to the point where like bro Eric, when you come out here like we need to work every time. So like yeah, I'm definitely my brothers and my sister. Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel like brings out the best in you musically? Um, just a vibe. I'm a I'm a vibe like I like candles in the room. I don't really like too many homies in the room. Like I prefer five girls in the room and five of my homies because them girls gonna give me the input like I could be in the booth and look out and see how they vibing and be like nah this ain't what I need to be talking about I need to switch the you <laughs> hear me to switch the whole subject so just give me some girls some counters and a, and a good engineer and I'm good yeah yeah what's been one of the biggest obstacles you had to overcome in the industry so far uh biggest obstacles I want to say I want to say a lot of shit but I'm gonna say just trusting people to do what they supposed to do um, or putting too much trust into it when it's a business you feel me I started looking at people like they my friends and just thinking like oh they got my best interest when at the end of the day it's really just business for some people and um, I feel like that's a hurdle I'm still getting over with because I still like, I'm gonna give you my trust until you break it. And I feel like my music is like my child and it's like me handing my child to you and expecting you to take care of it when it's really just business for you. So yeah. I feel like that's, that's something I'm still getting over to this day. I feel that. Yeah, yeah. And what's been one of the biggest sacrifices you had to make for your career so far? Sacrifices? Um, I think just my time. Uh, lately, yeah, my time. Just because when it's like when I'm not busy, I'm having so much time to do whatever. And then once, like once I really kick into that mode, and I'm having to be busy every day, it's like, oh damn, I can't sleep as long as I want to. But you gotta get the work done. Or damn, I can't, I can't stay out with y'all till three in the morning no more. I gotta go to sleep so I can get up to do this. Or Oh, y'all going to do this? I got to go to the studio. Mm -hmm. Oh, chick want to hang out? I can't hang out with you. I got to go work. I got to, you hear me? So just time and how you, how, you, how you divide your time on certain stuff. Yeah, I got you. All right, so how'd this new situation with Asylum come about, man? Uh, so really the partnership came about, um, me and my team, in um, Dallas, really, Dallas, me and Dallas having a somewhat of a relationship throughout my last situation. And um, a 
couple of buddies of mine just really just being in his ear like, hey, you need to check Chip. Like, you need to check on him, bro. Like, he really fine. And, um, but I was in a situation, and he, I remember he asked, like, what he got going? Is he signed? And they was like, yeah, he signed to somebody, but we just keeping our conversation, keeping, keeping in contact. And then once my situation was up, I, uh, he had reached out, like, hey, I want to I wanna come check and see, see what the music sounded like. And uh, we sat down, had a conversation. I expressed my, you know what I'm saying, my team wants and how we felt like what we needed and um, he was like, whatever you need, you feel me? Like, he got it. As soon as I explained it to him, he got it. And then I just feel like the artists that he's worked with in the past, they've all been, or are great artists. Oh yeah, his track record speaks for itself. You know, so it's like, uh, I just feel like it was the right partnership decision to make. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. All right, so you got this new single dropping, man. Round two. Yeah. What can you tell us? What was the inspiration uh, in creating this song? Uh, round two was in a time where I was I was really fucking with numerous females, and I remember one of them. I um I had dropped her off, and as soon as I dropped her off, I was like on the way to go pick up another girl, <laughs> and she called me. And was like, Nah, you need to come pick me back up, but I couldn't. I had to make up a story of why I couldn't go pick her back up, and uh. She might hate me when she see this, but that was really it. And then, you know, just recording the song. I think I was in L.A. when I made that, right? I was in L.A. just catching the vibe. Like, I think that might have been one of the days in L.A. where I was just, like, knocking them out 30 minutes, next song, 30 minutes. And um, I remember I did the verse, in the, the first verse in the hook, and then I finished the second verse at my crib. And um, I've been sitting on that song for a little second. Yeah. But it was just always, I feel like, ahead of time, ahead of his time. And it's still, like, in the current space of music. So I just feel like it was the right time to put it out. Okay. New situation, new single. Yeah. Me? New project, new everything. Yeah, you've been teasing this project, man. Catch yeah. my good side. Yeah. So first off, just explain that title, man. So it's really just like, you know, like how everybody, when they take pictures, they feel like they got to... They got their one side that look good on the camera, and I just feel like translating that to the music, like if one side of me turning to the camera is rap, and the other side is R&B, and then I, one side might be pop, I feel like every side is my good side. Like, I, I don't feel like there's a bad side of me making music. Like, I don't feel like no part of me is a bad side. So any, any angle you catch me on, you're gonna love it. Whether it be rap, R&B, hip-hop, you know, pop, eat, whatever I'm doing, you're going to love it. So just, like, catch my good side. I got you, man. So what type of vibes are going to be on this? Is it going to be all, a little bit of everything? It's every vibe. Any vibe you're looking for, you're going to find it. You <laughs> feel me? Anything you're looking for, it's there. For sure. Any features on there, or are you riding solo? Uh, Nah. I got Vori on there. Okay. Um, Seti Hendrix. Shout out to Seti, man. Uh, and Lotto. Okay. You feel me? And what about producer-wise? Who'd you work with on there? Um, we got Sonic, uh, Sonic Parker, T. Romano, Trey Pounds, Adaway Mafia. Um, who I'm missing? Smash, not Parker T. It's a whole lot of OG Parker. 
Okay. Parker probably got like five joints on it. That's it. That's, but that's my brother though. We make a lot of music, so it's only right. Yeah. I really want to do a whole project with him. We, just, we, we were just talking about just doing a whole project. Yeah. We got enough music now outside of this to do it. So it's just, you know, figuring out when and where we could, what space we could put it out. Yeah. You got a release date of mine? November. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to just tell you just yet, yet, but November <laughs> for sure. Okay. Just, uh, get it get it in there before the end of the year now that all the big dogs done got out of the way yeah and then drop they <laughs> go ahead and sneak in end of the year for sure yeah yeah and you know on instagram you teased that you and jetson made a whole ep man is that yeah. still on the way or is that for sure we call that uh land the ro- park the rocket on the land strip that's what we be saying every time <laughs> we see each other park the rocket on the land strip and uh but now it's my brother too, shout out Jet, Nico the whole space boy, TP. Uh, for sure. For sure on the way. If not the whole project, he definitely gonna have some shit on the album. Okay. Yeah. What were those sessions like, man? Me and Jet? Yeah. Man, he just I feel like everybody I work with be like be like family to mine outside of the music. So it's like once we get in the studio, we not pressed to make music right then and there. So like it's, it's been times me and Jesse and I got in the studio and I couldn't vibe because you know he sounds so different. Mm-hmm. He like he he one of the one of a kind when it comes to the music. So it be times where I can't do nothing, and then sometimes he'll play me some. I might have to go through thirty beats and be like, well that's one of them, and I got to jump right on it and do it. But the, the the night you saw that you talking about, we probably made like four or five songs like that's back it. to back. I don't know what I don't know what kind of hard drive he was hiding from me. Well, like that it, was it, your vibe. That huh? was like I'm like, bro, why like why you just not pulling out these? Like you should have been playing me these, but that's my brother though. Yeah. No, that's hard, man. Mm-hmm. You have any advice you can give some upcoming writers or writers that are even just trying to get into the industry, man? Um, probably it's study all the way around from uh, who you see that you your style wise from the business wise, definitely the business wise, I tell anybody like you gotta you gotta understand this business before you just jump off the porch. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Before you jump off the porch. <laughs> but you just jump off the, with it, you gotta really understand what you getting yourself into because this shit really eats you up. Oh yeah. And spit you out and without a care in the world. So it's like really just knowing what you getting into for real. That yeah. All right, you got any last words, any shout outs you'd like to give, Chip, before we wrap it up here? Oh, um, shit, you know, round two out now. Make sure y'all go grab that. Uh, new single on the way. Project Catch My Good Side on the way. Wrapping this album up. You feel me? We're going to come back and talk about that. Come but, on. See, you know, follow me on social media at Landstrip Chip. Uh, shout out to Dirty Glove Bastards, the family. You feel me? You've been been looking for your love I can't find no one It seems like I can't find Can't find no one Everybody loves McDonald's fries So yes, you accused your mom Of stealing some of your fries on the way home Um, but the bag Did feel a little light Ba-da-ba-ba-ba